Today we begin the new parak, the ninth parak of Yevomus. <clears throat> we have a Mishnah, you'll notice the Mishnah is a rather lengthy Mishnah. On the side of the Gemara we have our no say, our topic heading, Mivne, structural note combined into one. A diamond will appear in this Mishnah, uh, highlighting the word Vielu. And we will see Arba Kvutsos, or the, uh, four groupings, Shel Halachas, or Matzavim, situations, Shel Mutoros, or Asuros, Lebalehen, and Livnehem, <coughs> where you have a uh, description of a woman and her status vis a vis her husband and her status vis-a-vis the Yavam. Truth be told, this will be uh, explained, or we can say self-explanatory, as we go through the Mishnah. So first the Mishnah lists off, the, lists off four categories, and then goes on to explain them where each diamond appears. So the Mishnah. Yesh mutoros and vasuros There are situations where the woman is allowed to marry her husband, but she would be forbidden to the Yavam. Let us emphasize uh, a point that we haven't spoken about in a long time, but we spoke about it extensively early in the Mesichta. A Yavam is a brother of the deceased where they have a common father. They don't necessarily have a common mother. So that with that in mind, we will be able to envision a situation where a woman is muter to one and not muteres to the other. There are other factors that will come into play, other examples, but that's just one point of information that is helpful to bear in mind. So we have women that are allowed, their marriage to their husbands is okay, is kosher, but uh, in the event that the husband dies leaving no children and she becomes a Yavama, she would be forbidden to that surviving brother. You can also have a situation of Vasuros where for her original marriage, the initial marriage to her husband, that was forbidden. But as far as the Yavam is concerned, that would be okay. Mutaros lielu ulielu. There are situations where the woman is muteres to her husband and to the Yavam. We might as well say that would be the standard kosher case, kosher family, no problems. That would be it. She's muteres to her husband. Husband dies leaving no children. The widow would marry his brother. Vasuros lielu ulielu. And there are situations where she's also to her husband and to the Yavam as well. And now the Mishnah goes and explains, gives examples of each category. The following are examples of those women that their initial marriage to their husbands was okay, was kosher, but forbidden to her, to the surviving brother, to her brother-in-law. Example. A who had married a widow. Viesh loy ach koyen godol. And this koyen hediot has a brother who was a koyen godol. Now a a koyen hediot is allowed to marry a, a namona. However, a koyen godol is not allowed to marry an almona. 
there's a, a technical point that's point that is added here uh, by Rashi. Koyin Hediot, the Rashi, the first Rashi, Yesh Mutaros, Koyin Hediot, Shenoso Esho Almona, Huadin Libesula, the same would apply if the Kohen Hediot married a virgin woman, not just an Almona. The Kishemes, when he dies, when the husband dies, Nasis Almona. She becomes a widow by definition. And as such, she is not going to be allowed to be married by his brother, the Kohen Godol. The Kohen Godol is very limited in whom he can marry, and amongst the different excluded uh, uh, women are and our almonas are widows. We continue in the Mishnah with a, ne- a second example. Cholol Shenosa Kshirah V'yeshlo Ach Kosher A Cholol is a son of a Kohen. The father had married uh, improperly. He had married a divorcee. The son is a cholol. The, as such, he is basically stripped of his kohen uh, entitlements and kohen uh, identity. He marries a woman who is kshero. Kshero, we'll see, the Gemara deals with this language later. What does it mean she's kshero? But certainly we're talking about a case where the woman is allowed to marry the cholol. She doesn't have restrictions. And the Cholol has a brother whose mother was someone other than the divorcee. They're brothers from a common father, as we said before. And the brother is a, a Kohen that is kosher. Now, a Kohen that is kosher is not going to be allowed to marry the woman that had intimacy with a Cholol. Once she had intimacy with the Cholol, she becomes a Chalola. And a Chalola is a, an example of a woman that is prohibited to a Kohen. So this was a marriage where the initial marriage was kosher, but as time went on, she became a Chalola because of her intimacy with her husband, the Cholol. And the Ach, the brother who is the Yavam, he cannot marry her. So she's also to the Yavam. Third example. Yisrael Shenosa Bas Yisrael. A rank-and-file regular Jewish fellow married a regular Jewish girl. V'yeshlo Ach Mamzer. And his brother is a, an illegitimate fellow. An example of that would be where uh, a man uh, fathered the, we'll say the Yisrael that's mentioned here. But uh, that, that father, that man, went ahead and had a, an, an adulterous relationship with another woman. So the father is the father of both of them. But that brother is an illegitimate uh, child. He's the product of a forbidden intimacy to the tune of an, an Isur Kores. And as a result, the widow, who is a kosher Bas Yisrael, she cannot marry a mamzer. A mamzer is forbidden to marry into the Jewish people. Number four, mamzer shenosa mamzeres. Two illegitimates marry, and that's okay. The Torah accepts that. Where two illegitimates marry one another, v'yeshlo ach Yisrael. And the mamzer happens to have a, a brother that is a legitimate, where the 
The Mamzer's father had a regular wife, a kosher marriage, and they produced a son. The, this Ach Yisrael happens to be the Yavam in this case. When the Mamzer dies, he's the surviving brother. Brothers from common father. But the, the widow, who's a Mamzeres, she is not allowed to marry into the rank-and-file Jewish fold. So all of these are Mutoros Lebalein, Vasuros Liv Mehem. It, um, on a superficial level, you see this line is repeated, but it could be that after a long list of uh, examples, it's important just to summarize it again. Elu mutaros liyvmehen vasuros lebalehen. The following are examples of something uh, where there's a heter to the yavam, but not to the original husband. And like we said before, you'll see that this. Uh, this list entails four examples and there will be a summary uh, expression uh, a repeat expression right before the next diamond again saying so here we're going to have four examples where the initial marriage is not acceptable Kohen Gadol number one Kohen Gadol Shekidesh Esualmona the Kohen Gadol uh, offered money to a widow in marriage. He didn't actually cohabit with her. He offered her money, no intimacy yet, and he he dies. V'yeshlo ach hediot. Now what's significant here, we emphasize this, we, sh- we also don underline shikidesh. As a result of giving her money, he doesn't make her into a halola. A halola, we mentioned before, is a woman who experiences a forbidden uh, forbidden type of intimacy and in this case there was no forbidden intimacy yet uh, our definition was fairly broad there are more details to it but she didn't experience the the uh, intimacy so when the Kohen Godol uh, brother dies when the initial husband dies the woman becomes a Yavama to his brother who is a regular Kohen She's kosher. She's acceptable to him. She, because he's not a Kohen Gold. He's just a regular Kohen. Kosher shenoso halola. A Kohen kosher is not allowed to marry a halola. And that's what happened here. So that's an example of her. She's also lebala. She's also to her husband. V'yeshlo a halol. But his brother is a halol. A halol can marry a halola. He's the Yavam. This is the Yavam. And they're hence also to the original husband, but the halola is muteris to the yavam, the cholol. Uh, you'll ask, how could that be? So we have a father who, uh, a kohen, who had a, uh, a legitimate marriage and a kosher marriage, and that produced the initial husband, the initial uh, son, who was the uh, husband of the halola. And that same father married a divorcee and produced the brother, the Cholol. So the Cholol, though, is Muteris, to the Cholol. Yisrael Shenosa, number three, Yisrael Shenosa Mamzeres, that's a forbidden relationship. A Yisrael is not allowed to marry a Mamzeres, an illegitimate woman. And he has a brother that's a Mamzer. That's okay. So she's she's, Shira, she's acceptable to the Yavam. Number four, Mamzer Shenosa Bas Yisrael, an unacceptable initial marriage. An illegitimate man marries a kosher woman. Fieshlo Ach Yisrael. And the Mamzer happens to have a brother that's a kosher fellow. So whereas this, the, this, the, the father of these two boys, he had one uh, legitimate child, 
and the uh, the mamzer was a product of his of an illegitimate relationship that he had. All of these cases, the, the cases we just read, are mutaros levneim ve'asuros lebalim. They're mutar to the yavam, but to the in, uh, initial husband they were forbidden. Vielu asuros lielu ulielu. The following are examples of uh, women that are also to the initial husband and to the yavam as well. Kohen Godol Shinoso Esa Almona. Kohen Godol is not allowed to marry an Almona, and he did. Vieshlo Ach Kohen Godol, and he has a brother that is a Kohen Godol as well. So the two brothers are forbidden to her, the, uh, the husband and the Yavam. Oi Kohen Hedyo Kosher Shinoso Chalolo Vieshlo Ach Kosher. Once again, you have sandwiched in between the husband and the Yavam. You can see with our markings a Chalola. Well, the husband was a Kohen Kosher and the brother was a Kohen Kosher. So she's also to both of them. A third case. Yisrael, Shinosa Mamzeres, Vieshlo Ach Yisrael. Again, with the markings, it's pretty easy to see that sandwiched between the two Kosher men is a Mamzeres. So she's also to her initial husband and also to the Yavam as well. Mamzer Shenosa Bas Yisrael Vieshlo Ach Mamzer Asuros Lielu Ulielu. The Mamzer has a brother who's also a Mamzer, and the and one of the brothers married initially a Bas Yisrael. That was a forbidden marriage. He dies, leaving a brother that's a Mamzer. But the the, the widow is a Bas Yisrael. She's not Muteris to the Mamzer. So these are cases of Asuros Lielu Ulielu. Ushar kol hanoshim mutaros And all other cases, the wife is muteras to her husband, and she'll be muteras to the yavam as well. Shniyos midivrei sofrim. Oh, it's been a long time since we uh, mentioned the term shniyos. Shniyos are relatives or relations that are osur midirabonan. They're not banned by the Torah, but they are prohibited midirabonan. Uh, the so the, uh, the those are shnios shnios midivrei sofer means the shnios are uh, relatives that are prohibited but on a rabbinic level shnio labal velo shnio liavam you can have a situation where she is a shnio to the husband but not to the yavam asura labal umuteres liavam an example of shnio labal velo shnio you find in Rashi. Ein imoi shabal, a man's mother's mother, a grandmother, she is prohibited on a rabbinic level. So she's the she's uh, the initial husband's grandmother, velo shel yavam, but it's not the it's not his brother's grandmother. This would be a situation where these are two brothers that have a common father, but they don't have a common mother. So, uh, one uh, Mr. One's grandmother is not Mr. Two's maternal grandmother. We continue. That having been a case of a Shniel Baal, Lo Yovam, we saw was also pro- prohibited to the husband. It's his grandmother, but it's not the Yovam's grandmother. And we flip that case around Shniel Yovam, Lo Shniel Baal. The woman is a Shniel to the Yovam. She's the Yovam's mother's mother. But not the initial husbands. Asuro liyavam umuteres labal. So we rule that she's also to the to her grandson, but she's muteres to the husband. 
Shnia loze ulaze. Asura loze ulaze. If she is, uh, in using the case we had before, you have two brothers that come from the same mother and father, and they were talking about a uh, the the mother's mother. She and she this woman mothered the two sons. So her mother is a shnia to both the husband and to the yavam. Ain law loksuba velo peros velo mazonos velo blows vlad kosher the where you have a couple that are forbidden to one another midurabonon on a rabbinic level in this category known as shnios so the Mishnah says that if there if the woman is also to both the husband and the yavam she loses her ksuba rights the Mishnah listed a number of uh, points that are ksuba oriented ksuba is the uh, marriage guarantee that a woman receives uh, a financial guarantee that if uh, she should be divorced or becomes a widow she would be entitled to uh, funds and there are other points here that Rashi goes through but we'll get to that in a little while just that we want to emphasize now is that if the woman is a shnia to the husband and the yavam, so she loses all of these rights. However, a child that is born from this union is kosher, as the Mishnah says, vavlad kosher, and we also insist that they split, they part ways, hence koifenoi silahotzi. This is in contrast to that which follows, where the Mishnah says, Almono Lukain Godol, Grushaba Halutza Lukain Hedyo, a Kohen Godol who marries a widow, a co- regular Kohen that marries a divorcee, or a Halutza, Mamzer Sunasimili Israel, a Mamzer that marries a Israel, or a Nosin that marries Israel, Bas Israel, the Nosin, Ula Mamzer. So that if, if you have both of the either side of the equation, uh, the husband is a mamzer and the wife is kosher, or the wife is a mamzer and the husband is kosher, in those cases, yesh lohen ksuba, there is a ksuba that the woman would receive. The Mishnah mentioned a number of points. Rashi takes time to explain each one of these points. We can look at the Rashi together. Uh, truth be told that these are discussed at much uh, at greater length in Maseches Ksubis, but nevertheless the points are made here. So we take a look at the Rashi Velo Peros we're looking at Rashi in the narrow lines, a few lines before they become wide. Velo Peros Ein Mishalem Lo Peros Nechsemulug Sha'ochal Mishalah. In the event that the husband uh, wife Shniya relationship comes to an end uh, where he divorces her so she does not receive the value of the fruits that he the husband had consumed and benefited from from properties that she had brought into the marriage the Nifse Maluk those are properties that a woman brings into the marriage that the uh, principle remains uh, that of the wife and the husband, generally speaking, is entitled to the use of the fruit. And in this case, he uses the fruit and does not compensate her for the fruit that he benefited from. 
V'yafagav dekaimu b'tsubis tiknu pirkoinu tachas peros nechsei maluk. Even though this right that a husband has to use the fruits of the properties that she brings into the marriage is a takona, is a rabbinic entitlement that the husband has in exchange for his redeeming her from captivity. If his wife is taken into captivity, so the husband is expected to redeem her. That's the word pirkona, Rashi just said. Now, that even though the peros, the yusufruft, that the husband is entitled to is in exchange for his redeeming her and here we don't have that uh, Rashi goes on Kiddisnan Lo Kosav Law Even if a man does not write into this marriage document uh, this marriage contract if he doesn't write into it this clause that if you are taken into into captivity, tishtaboy means being taken to captivity for kinuch, I will redeem you. That doesn't matter whether he wrote it in or not. Chayov levdosa shutnai based in, he is obligated to redeem her because this is a court expectation, a court condition when there is a marriage. Vazu ein chayov levdosa. However, if you have a shnia. A marriage where the couple are actually forbidden to one another on the grounds of there being a pro- prohibition of shneos to one another, he is not obligated to redeem her. The low Korean babe, because part of that redemption clause reads as follows: and I will, I will redeem you from captivity. I will take you back as my wife. If it's a forbidden relationship, he's not. He is, in fact, not to take her back as a wife. We don't want them to be together. So, in terms of redemption, the husband that's a shnia to his wife is not going to be redeeming her. So, if he's not going to be redeeming her, so he shouldn't be entitled to the Yusufrut. Nevertheless, afilu hachi, even though he's not going to be redeeming her if she's taken into captivity nevertheless he is not going to compensate her for the fruits that he benefited from from her properties as the Gemara explains later the conditions are of a Ksuba the, we'll say the aspects or facets of a Ksuba are like the Ksuba itself. The Ksuba itself is the uh, basic payment uh, that a husband will pay to his wife in the event he divorces her or she would receive from his estate if she becomes a widow, known often as 200 Zuz. That's the basic Ksuba. There are other facets that are that make up the Ksuba, and we touched on one of them, the Peros, and the rule is that these uh, additional facets of a ksuba, the Tanai ksuba, are like the ksuba itself. Just like we, in the case of a Shniya relationship, she will not be able to collect from him the value of the Tzon Barzel properties that she brought into the marriage that he had guaranteed their value to her. That's, those are Nichseit Son Barzel. 
in this Shniya relationship, she will not gain compensation for those properties. Likewise, she will just like we, she will not receive compensation for the value of the Nichseitzon Barzel, the properties that she brought into the marriage that ordinarily are written into the Ksuba and their value is written in, and he guarantees that value to her. We say in the Shniya type marriage she loses that she loses those aspects of the Ksuba that are also not written into the Ksuba necessarily for example the uh, the guarantee to be redeemed so she uh, which is a Tanai Ksuba she loses that as well so so far we have pointed out what is meant by the woman not receiving payroll she doesn't receive compensation for the fruits of the properties that her husband benefited from, from those properties that she brought into the marriage. Rashi goes on, below mezonos. She doesn't get uh, mezonos food or, or, or maintenance rights either. Lo mibaya. Rashi goes on to say, lo mibaya hecho diyasva to say, it goes, not, we don't have to tell you that where she's living with him, they're together, that we will not intervene and force him to support her. That's an expression, means get up and leave. We want to disband this marriage. So we don't want to have uh, uh, um, provisions that encourage it to remain together. So we don't want her to receive support from him. Even if the husband goes abroad, the love saw the ochla lo and the husband went abroad, and she went and, and borrowed uh, money to buy food. That husband does not have to pay back the loan. Uh, Rashi continues by raising a question. But uh, we're not going to get in, involved with that particular question. But skip to the next Rashi. Velo blois. Blois means worn out clothing. Imadayin yeshlo blois ushokim min begonim shifni solo. If a woman brought into the marriage uh, men's clothing. See, she brought into the marriage some suits. And the husband wore the suits and they got worn out. She does not take those worn suits back when she leaves this marriage to Konsur Rabbonin. The Rabbonin imposed a fine, a loss on her. Now, we turn back to our Gemara text. After having contrasted the Shniyos Midivri Sofrim, these, uh, those relatives that are prohibited on a rabbinic level, if they marry one another, so she will lose all of these ksuba rights. A uh, prohibited relationship like an almona l'koin gadol or grusha l'chutzachon hediot, which happen to be Torah-level prohibitions, there, interestingly, she does receive her ksuba. The Gemara will deal with this difference. Before we continue further into the Gemara itself, we glance at the side, we have a no-say, mivneh heading, a topic heading with a structural note, and we also note that this discussion will continue till Amit Beis, 
the house marking uh, highlights the expression my iria uh, which involves in a as we've written in our note birur loshana mishnah will be clarifying the expressions uh, found in the mishnah some, some words terms found in the mishnah we want to understand what their significance is uh, after we begin the first question you'll notice a series of triangles they introduce Nisyonis Lahashiv al Hashela Rishon attempts to answer the first question. So, without any further ado, we continue in the Gemara. My Iriya Detani Nasa. In the beginning of the Mishnah, the uh, first example that we had, and we have an arrow to the side as well, it said in the Mishnah, uh, We were trying to describe there a case of kosher initial marriage and forbidden to the Yavon. The Mishnah cited an example of the Kain Hedyo that uh, consummated his marriage with a widow. So the Gemara is asking, why do you have to speak about a consummated marriage? My area de Toni no saw listening kidesh. Imagine the Mishnah would have presented a case of a Kohen Hedyot, a common Kohen, who had offered money to an Almona in marriage. So if he was Makadesh in Almona, and he has a brother that's a Kohen Gadol, would that not also be a prohibited marriage to the Yavam? Oh, fine, as far as the common Kohen is concerned, that's a an acceptable marriage. But as far as the marriage to the Kohen Gadol, she is now an Almona. With the death of the husband of the Kohen Hedyot, she's an Almona. So why does the Mishnah insist on Nosa when it could have said Kohen Hedyot Shekidesh, where they only entered the first stage of the marriage process, Kidushin, where the husband Kohen Hedyot dies, she's an Almona. Minha Irisin. She's an Almona as well. Vichitema, the Gemara goes on to ask or to suggest as an answer, Vichitema, Taima de Nosa, the Hava Lei, Hase The reason that there's a prohibition to the Yavam, who is a Kohen Gadol, is because now with the consummation of the marriage on the part of his brother, the Kohen Hedyot, she becomes forbidden to the Yavam, the Kohen Gadol, on two counts. There's an Ase and a Losase. The Losase, she is uh, prohibited to a Kohen Gadol as an Almona. It's a negative command that a Kohen Gadol shall not take an Almona. And there's an Ase in the Torah, a positive command that a Kohen Gadol is to marry a virgin woman. So once the Kohen Hedyot initial marriage uh, had been consummated, the wife becomes also to the brother-in-law on two grounds. Anase, she's not a basula anymore, she's not a virgin, and also she is an almona, that's a losase. And when you have two, um, um, we'll say mitzvahs, or two violations, that will prevent the yibum from taking place. The yibum is a mitzvah sase, a positive command. And we would say that a positive command of yibum is not strong enough to overrule a positive and negative. Avol, kidesh, however, if the Kohen Hedyot had only been Makadishar, and then she becomes an almona, she is prohibited, she's, her virginity remains, she's still a basula, 
So one would say that maybe Yibum can take place. Avol Kidesh Osi Ase, we would say the positive command of Yibum would come along, Vedochi Losas, and overrule the negative command, the negative mitzvah of Almona. So is that what you might was that what you would want to explain why the Mishnah had to use the example of Nosa, where there was marriage consummation, where the husband and wife not only had Erusin, had Kedushin, but also uh, cohabited, had intimacy with one another? Because otherwise there would be, there, the Mishnah wouldn't have been able to describe this as Osirli of man because Yibam would have overruled her status of being a mere almana without losing her besula? Well, that's not, that's not a legitimate answer. The Hakula Pirkin, the entire Perik, features examples of Asei Velo Sasehu. You have on the one hand, Yibum. On the other hand, there is an Isur, the, the Asei of Yibum. And you have, the, you have the negative of whatever Isur is involved. Uh, for example, the, uh, you have a, a kosher marriage, and then the brother is a mamzer. And when the kosher marriage, when the husband dies, so there is now a yibum situation, but there's a losase of not marrying a mamzer. And we see in all of these examples, and we just cited one of them, we don't say that the that their yibum takes place. We don't say that the yibum, the atse of yibum comes and overpowers the lo sase in any of the other cases. So, once again, why does the Mishnah insist on using the uh, example of koin hediot she nosa esalmona when it could have used the example of koin hediot she kidesh esalmona? So the Gemara answers number one: Mishum de Kaboy Lemisni Seifa. The Mishnah had an agenda, and it had it wanted to teach in the latter part of the Mishnah. Kain Godol Shenosa Esalmona. We have a little star if you want to find this uh, by looking up above in the Mishnah. There was uh, the Mishnah cited an example of a uh, woman who's also to the to the husband and the Yavam. And it used as an example, And in that case, we say, There only because he had consummated the marriage. But uh, we should actually uh, um, mention the, the case earlier in the mission than that. But in the Seifa, there was a case of Kohen uh, uh, let us uh, uh, just repeat and uh, correct ourselves where we had mentioned above in the Mishnah the star uh, facing the line of Rashi points out that we're describing that case as an example of the husband and the Yavam as being usher not only if he had an Ach Kohen Gadol, but even if that Kohen Gadol had an Ach of being a Kohen Hedyot, we're now emphasizing as a result of the Kohen Gadol's initial marriage being consummated with the Almona, she would become usher to his brother, even though it's not ex- stated explicitly. 
but she would be uh, she would be usher to his brother if he were a Kohen Hedyot. On second thought, by reading the Mishnah a little more carefully than we did, uh, when you look at the third wide line of the Mishnah, it described the Kohen Godol that married, that was Nosalmona, and he has a brother that's a Kohen Godol, or, oh, Kohen Hedyot. So in the Seifa, the Mishnah wanted to feature how you have an Isser to the Yavam as well, and the example cited was a Kohen Hedyot. How does she become usher to the Kohen Hedyot? Only because the Kohen Godol was Nosa the Amona. By that action of consummating the marriage, she becomes a Halola, and as a result, she becomes usher to the Kohen Hedyot. So, as a result of that example in the Seifa, where it had to teach Nosa, in order for us to see how she is ushered to the Kohen Hedyot brother. Therefore, in the Reisha, the opening of the Mishnah, it also, as the Gemara says, Tono Nami Reisha Nasa. So the Reisha also, which was our question, why did it teach Nasa in the opening example? Hence we have an answer. Just to repeat that, in the ratio we saw Kohen Hedyot Shenosa Salmona and he has an Ach Kohen Godol we asked even without Nosa the Ach Kohen Godol the oven would be Osir even if the Kohen Hedyot was only Mekadisher in the beginning of the Mishnah so why did the Mishnah use the term Nosa the Kohen Hedyot Shenosa Salmona so the Gemara is answering at this point because of that which we see in the Seifa, the example taught on the third wide line, where only because of Nasa do we see that the woman is also to the Yavam Kohen Hedyot as well. The Gemara asks, the Adetoni Mishum Seifa, instead of choosing Nasa because of the Seifa, listening Mishum Mitziasa. Why? Doesn't the Mishnah use the term Kidesh in anticipation of an earlier part of the Mishnah where you see, and here use the double star you can see above in the Mishnah, Kain Godol, Shekidesh es Ho'almona, Viesh Lo Ach Kain Hedyot. In the middle section of the Mishnah where the Mishnah was describing uh, a, a woman mutter to the Yavam and also to the husband a case where a Kohen Gadol was Makadish and Amona, that was forbidden for him to do, but she, uh, and then he dies leaving her a still a just an Amona, because the marriage wasn't consummated so she's mutter to the Yavam and in that section of the Mishnah, Kidesh was used. So why in the ratio didn't the Mishnah use Kidesh? If your attempted answer was to suggest only because something, Nasa was used in the beginning of the Mishnah because of Nasa appearing later in the safe of the Mishnah, you could have in the opening of the Mishnah used the word Kidesh in anticipation of the middle section of the Mishnah where Kidesh was featured. So we have to come up with a new answer why Nosa was cited in the opening example of the Mishnah. Ela Mishum Bas Buksa. Rather, because of something that's together with it. Bas Buksa means something next to it. The ex- example, of, uh, example number one of the Mishnah 
that we saw on the fifth line of the Mishnah, and we saw Nasa feature there, is because it wanted to teach t- next to it Mishum de Kaboy de Lemisni Cholol Shenosokshera. That was the very next example in the Mishnah. We have a squiggle-lined arrow pointing to that line above in the Mishnah, where Nosa appeared. And what was the case? A cholol, a uh, fellow whose father was a Kohen, married a divorcee, and had this son we call a cholol, we call a, a, a child stripped of Kohen rights, who married a Kshera, a woman who was a, uh, an acceptable type woman, a woman who could have married a Kohen. The Mishnah says that marriage was kosher with the initial husband. The brother, who is a Kohen kosher, will not be able to marry. She's also to the Yavam. How does she become also to the Yavam? The Gemara goes on, Taimo de Nasa. The reason that, her, that she's also the Yavam is because the Cholol had consummated the marriage with her, making her into a Chalola. So it's because the. Uh, because the Cholol had been no say. Why is she also to the Avam? She's also to the Avam who otherwise is a kosher person is because the Cholol was no say, consummated the marriage with her, the Shavya Cholola, making her into a Cholola. Avol Kidesh had the initial husband was a cholol, simply bin Makadesher offered her money in marriage, but didn't consummate their marriage, Sharya lay. She would have been allowed to marry the Yavam, who was kosher. A Kohen Hedyo that was kosher. Mishum hachi kotoni nasa. Therefore, in example one of the Mishnah, nasa was used. So instead of trying to, let's say, uh, uh, legitimatize nasa by by fishing far away from shore, going somewhere deep into the Mishnah, the Gemara's final answer then is simply because of that which is right next to it in the Mishnah. The word nasa was used in the first example. Umay Iria, the Gemara goes on with another question. Umay Iria, the Kotani Almona. The Mishnah spoke about a Kohen Hedyot that uh, married an Almona. Listeni Besula. In that very first case, it could have, if you want to illustrate, Mutu to the husband and also to the Yavam, it could have given a case of a Kohen Hedyot that married a Besula. Uh, when he dies, when the Kohen Hedyot dies, so she becomes a widow and is usher on those grounds to his brother, the Kohen Gadol, who's not allowed to marry a widow. So what, what was the Mishnah's interest in teaching in that first example a, situa- an exa- a, a case of the Kohen Hedyot marrying an Almona? It could have taught a case of his marrying a Basula. The Chitema, the Gemara continues at the top of Omid Beis. The Chitema Kosover Haitana. You might want to answer that the Tana is of the opinion Nisuin Horishonim Mapilin that the Heter or the status of the woman to the Yavam is decided or is determined by what was the. Uh, identity, or what was the status of the initial marriage? So, 
if you want to illustrate her being prohibited to the Avam, there would have had to be a problem with her to the Avam at the initial marriage to her husband. And if the initial marriage was between a Kohen Hedion and a Basula, well, a Basula is okay for a Kohen Gadol. So if you want to say that the choice of Almona was because of this concept of Nisu and Harishonim Apilin, well, that isn't going to be a sufficient explanation. Harei Cholol Shenosok Sheira a cholol that married a kshera, a woman that's kshera, and we say that's also for the yavam. She is also to the ach kosher, the kohen hedyo regular brother, regular kohen brother of the cholol. At the initial point of marriage, what was her status? She was kshera. We don't say there that uh, that she can marry the Yavam based on the fact that she was Kshera at the beginning. So the Gemara has to explain why did the Mishnah open up with an example of a of a uh, Kohen Hedyot marrying an Almona. He could, the Mishnah could have used an example of a Kohen Hedyot marrying a Basula. She still would have been ushered to the Yavam. So the Gemara answers, Havadai, this uh, example the uh, use of the term almona in the beginning of the Mishnah, that is vadai mishum seifa. That's definitely because the Mishnah was taking into consideration the latter part of the Mishnah. Mishum de kaboy le Mishnah seifa because the Mishnah wanted to teach later on. Kohen gadol shenoso es almona v'yesh lo ach kohen gadol ol kohen hediot at that point in the Mishnah where it was teaching a woman who was also to the husband and to the uh, surviving brother and to the Yavam there Dafka Almona the Mishnah there had to teach a case of Almona Avo Basula had she been a Basula there Chazya lay she would have been fit for the Yavam, the she would have been fit for the initial marriage if the uh, we're talking there about a coin girl that married a basula, so it wouldn't have helped to illustrate the, that which the Mishnah was trying to show at that point. There, the Mishnah was trying to demonstrate a case of a woman also to the husband and also to the Yavam. If the Kohen Gadol was marrying a basula, not only would she be muttered to the husband, she would have been muttered to the brother Kohen Hedyot as well. So therefore, at that point in the Mishnah, it had to use the example of Almona. Mishum hachi katani Almona. Therefore, in the Reisha, also, the example Almona was used. But once again, let's repeat the main point. Not because in the Reisha, it had to give the example of Almona. It could have used the example of Basula as well. But in consideration of the Seifa, where Almona had to be the cited example, the Reisha used a similar case, and a case of an Almona. Now, the Gemara has a question. You'll notice that we have, it's a long question. And the, uh, on the side of the Gemara, we introduce this with a topic heading. They know say, Lama lo muva ba Mishnah, why is the following not cited in the Mishnah? Hadugma shel mitzri sheni shenosa shnei mitzrios. 
Achas Rishona Vachas Shnia Vachulei. Our Mishnah had an agenda. It wanted to show cases where a woman is also to her husband, Mutter to the Yavam, vice versa, or two cases, two where both are also to the woman, or both are Mutter to the husband. The Mishnah cited a number of different situations. The following could have been included as part of the examples of the Mishnah. And it involves a second generation Mitzri convert. That means there was a, an Egyptian that uh, converted and he married, as he is quite limited in whom he can marry, he married also an, an Egyptian convert. And they produce children. And we'll see the different examples as the Gemara itself unfolds. But using that model, we could have presented another uh, set of examples as the Mishnah itself described of Osir Lubal Mutter Liovam, Mutter Lubal Osir Liovam, etc. All of this is, is contained in this long question. So now the Gemara. Maskiflor of Papa. If Ravdimi's teaching is to be accepted, and what does Ravdimi's teaching say? A second generation Egyptian convert that marries an, a first generation woman Egyptian that converted to Judaism. The son, the child, takes on the status of a second generation because we follow the mother. Vis-a-vis the mother, the mother was a first generation Egyptian convert. Her son would be called a second generation. So if we accept Ravdimi's uh, rule, listening Nami, then let the Mishnah teach the following. And what we have here, we have a, a long marking that we, uh, that we indicate Nisni Nami, all of this is what the Mishnah could have included within its boundaries. The following. Mitzri, Sheni, Shenosa, Shte, Mitzrios. Imagine a second generation Mitzri that, mar- that marries two kinds of Egyptian women. Achas Rishon of Achas Shneos. He has two wives. One of them is a first generation Egyptian convert, and the, sec- the other wife is the daughter of Egyptians that converted. She's a Shnia, a second generation Mitzvah Shnia. Fahoyu lo bonim merishono mishnia. And he has ch- uh, sons. So you have brothers here, they're brothers, they have the same father, but their identities, their, the sons' identities are different. What are the sons? So since the father had married a Rishon and Shnia, the sons are going to be a Shani and a Shlishi respectively. So you have two brothers. One is a Mitzri Shani and the other is a Mitzri Shlishi. A Mitzri Shlishi, one should bear in mind, is considered a regular Jew. And his uh, marriage options include Jewish women from uh, from a pure uh, Jewish background. Ki 
if the two brothers, we label them as a Shani and Shlishi, if they would marry women that are just like them. So now you would have a situation where Mutoros Lebalehen, uh, Mitzri Shani, is entitled to mar- marry a Mitzri Mitzris Shnia. A Mitzri Shlishi man is entitled to marry a Mitzris Shlishi. In other words, they, they are of similar identity. So they're Mutoros Lebalehen. Uh, we should point out, by the way, uh, when we speak about a Mitzri Shlishi, he could marry. He marries a uh, Yisraelis. That would be Kiur Chayel. They marry in their normal way. A Shani married a Shnia, and the Shlishi married a Yisraelis. Well, they're Mutoros Lebalei, and they're Mutu to their husbands. The Asuros Liv Mehem. In the case that those husbands would die, so the the uh, if if let us say the Mitzri Shani husband who married a Shnia would die, she's falling to Yivum to a brother that's a Shlishi, but a Shlishi's not a, not allowed to marry a Shnia. And likewise, if the Shlishi died, leaving the wife Yisraelis, she's not allowed to marry a Mitzri Shani. So here we have an example of mutoros libale and asuros man. The apuch v'nasuv. If the mitzri sheni married a yisraelis and the mitzri shlishi married a shnia, so there we're, exa- we're describing a case that would be as follows: mutoros liv mehem v'asuros The initial marriage there is forbidden. So if we spell out the case, just to cite one example, we said a mitzri sheni married a yisraelis. He has a brother that's a Shlishi. So the initial marriage was her, the Shani to the, with the Yisraelis. However, when the Shani dies and the Yisraelis falls to a Mitzri Shlishi, that's Mutter. She's Mutter to the Yavam. Now, using the same family of a Shani and a Shlishi, brothers that one's a Mitzri Shani, one's a Mitzri Shlishi, Mutoros lielu lielu, an example of a marriage there that she would be the woman would be muttered to the husband and to the yavam. Kioros, if they had married uh, a regular type of convert, a Rashi explains kioros muteres, a kioros is muteres lishlishi the Israelo. She's she's muttered to the to the mitzri shlishi who is a who as said is defined as a regular Israel. And Lusheni, she is mutter also to a Mitzri Shani, the Kahal Gerim lo Ikri Kahal. Velo Ikri, Velo Karinon, Shlishi Yavoba Kahal, Velo Shani. The Zoo Lav Kahal Havoi. Now we know that a Mitzri is lo Yavoba Kalashem. But the Shani and the, uh, the Shani is not called a Kahal. Uh, the, the, let us uh, repeat ourselves. The Gioris, let us uh, correct ourselves by saying the Gioris is not called a Kahal. The Shani is restricted in marrying the, those people that are categorized as Kahal, regular Jews. But the community of the Gairim are not called, are not categorized by the term Kahal. This is a point we've mentioned extensively in the past. So since the, uh, the Mitzri Shani is not categorized, since the Geir is not categorized as Kahal, 
and the restriction is only for a Mitzri Shani to enter Kahal, the Mitzri Shani marriage to the Gioras is okay. Let's go back to the uh, Gemara. Asuros Lielu Ulielu, an example of someone that would be Osir to both would be Ailonios. And here again we look at Rashi. Asuros Lielu Ailu, Ailinus Yisraelis. A, an Ailinus is a woman who is, hasn't matured normally, so she's uh, incapable of procreation and she has other, uh, we'll say, uh, uh, unusual characteristics as we saw in, in our recent Gemaras. An island is Yisraelis. So she is she is forbidden to both of the brothers. As Rashi go, the, we have two brothers, Mitzri Shani and Ashlishi. Rashi goes on Im Nasa Im Shani Nasa Yisraelis vi Islandis. If the Mitzri Shani married the Islandis, well Asurolo, she's also to him Ishum the Yisraelis he she is an she's a reg, she's considered a regular Jewess and as such she's not allowed to marry she is kahal she's not uh, and a mitzri sheni is not allowed to marry into kahal ukshames and when the mitzri sheni dies asurli yavama she's also to the yavam who is a shlishi mishum asher teled the uh, expectation of yibum is that the the widow will produce a child to continue the name of her deceased husband, but she's she's not asher teleis. She's incapable of of procreation. So, as such, she would be also to the Yavam as well. So here we have we've come to the end of our question. The Mishnah could have included the case of a Mitzri Shani that married a, um, uh, two Mitzrios and we could have then presented all of these examples and they would be fine illustrations of what the Mishnah was trying to teach. The Gemara answers and we have a new marking scheme triangles that are used on the side of the Gemara we have under our Nosei Mivneh Henning this is a Ma'akav an attempt to keep track of uh, Truth is, it's just simply a, a continuation of the no say. So it's uh, more accurate for us simply calls this the the mivneh that we have a triangle with the point facing up represents a tshuva, an answer to this long question, uh, and the answer will be tana v'shir. The tana taught the examples that it taught, and it left this out. Hasiba shelo kotani hadugma shel mitzri sheni. Who the reason the Mishnah didn't use this example? Mishum detana. It taught what it taught. V'shir and it left this example out. Uma ochir. In order to give an uh, to give this kind of answer that the Tana was uh, abbreviated, uh, namely it taught something and left out something else. Something in addition, not just one example, but something else would have had to have been left out. So what else was left out? The Gemara will answer that it left out an example involving a Ptsua Daka. Ptsua Daka is a man that uh, experienced a type of injury which renders him uh, impotent and he is not allowed to marry into the rank and file Jewish people either. How Ptsua Daka will illustrate the four different categories, that information is found in the Rashi. But what, what are we answering? 
we're answering that as far as a suggestion is concerned why didn't the mission include the Mitzri Shani that married the uh, two Mitzriels in fact it could have cited that example but the mission didn't cite all examples it left that out and it left another example out as well which is legitimate for it's legitimate for Mishnayas to be abbreviated and not cite all possible examples of what it wants to say the Gemara then we will see a uh, an inverted triangle which represents a question, a kushya. And the question is, Haim ve'emes psuadaka, is that really a shiur? Is it really a, uh, is it really uh, absented from the Mishnah? Now, if you skim ahead in the Gemara and follow the triangles and the back and forth movement of them, you will notice that the last triangle is a triangle with the point facing up. In, 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 in this sukya, that represents an answer. So we're left off with this will be a good answer at the end of the day. So now we turn back to the Gemara. The Gemara had asked why wasn't the Mitzri case included? The Gemara answers, Tana Vashir. It taught what it taught and it left out the case of the Mitzri Shani. We dashed underline Tana Vashir because we want you to focus on this as being the the answer, in fact, the final answer, but we have to we have to substantiate this answer. My shear the high shear. The inevitable question when this kind of answer is given is, well, what else was left out that you left this out, that you left out the case of the Mitzri Shani? Answer Shear Ptsuadaka. It left out the scenario formed by Pitsua Daka. And here we'll look at the Rashi together. Shia Pitsua Daka, just right across from here in the Rashi, a line down, you see it left out Pitsua Daka, the Hava Motsi, the Misni, Bay, Kulhu, Kemokane. It could have taught all of these examples as well, all four categories with have, featuring the Pitsua Daka. Number one, Pitsua Daka Shinosu Yisraelis. A psuadaka that marries a regular Jewish woman. Asur labayla umuteres yevama kosher. She's a she's also to the psuadaka, but he has a brother that's normal, that's kosher. So the, this wife, the Israelis, is muter to the brother. So that's also labayla muter liyavam. Number two, va kosher shenasak shera v'yeshlo ach psuadaka. If a regular healthy fellow married a regular woman and he has the as his brother the Petsuadaka as when he dies when the husband dies but she had been muttered to her husband a third case a third example involving Petsuadaka if two brothers that are both Petsuadakas and the one of them in his initial marriage he married a regular kosher uh, woman so she's also to both of them, Asura Labailo Liyavam. And number four, Kiores Muteres Lozeh Velozeh. If you have a, a Ptuadaka, two brothers that are Ptuadakas, and the uh, one brother married a convert, a convert, once again, as we said earlier, a convert is not categorized as Kahal. The Torah speaks about the Suadaka is being ushered to marry Kahal Hashem. He's not allowed to marry those people that are that are under the umbrella term of Kahal. 
but Geirim are not under that, they're not included in the term Kahal. So a Psuadaka is allowed to marry a Gioress, and the brother, who's also a Psuadaka Yavam, can marry her in Yibum as well. So that you have Muteris Lozeh Velozeh. The Gemara continues. Question. The inverted triangle in this sugya represents a question. If Tzuadaka is the basis of your explaining why Mitzri Shani was not included, you can forget about it. It's not considered a deletion, a, 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 a something that was left out. Deha, Tana, Lei, Chayve, Lavin. Very simply, because the Mishnah in fact stated Tzuadak in a veiled form by citing other examples of negative commands. This, by the way, we have to point out in stark contrast to the Mitzri case, the prohibition of marrying a, uh, a Mitzri convert is a positive command. Where the Torah says you have to wait to the third generation in order to marry the Mitzri. But as far as Psuadaka, Psuadaka loyovo Hashem is a negative command. And the Mishnah already gives examples of Lavim, like Mamzer, Cholol, uh, other cases of negative commands cited in Mishnah. Therefore, the Mishnah had no reason for even for, for mentioning Psuadaka because it's already considered stated in the Mishnah. The Gemara answers that's no that doesn't revive that doesn't revive the question, rather. The, true, the Mishnah mentions Chayve Lavin, but in, in citing Chayve Lavin, it states some, and it states others too. It states an example of a, of a Chiv Lav. It talks about a, you know, the Mishnah talks about a Chavola. Uh, 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 it talks about Mamzerus as well. Let, re, let's read that line again. Milo kotoni v'hadotoni v'hakotoni. Does the Mishnah not cite an example of a lav? Koyin hediot shenoso almona and v'cholol shenoso kshera. Those are cases of those cases involve negative commands, and it, it cites two examples of that. Ah, so you see, the Mishnah doesn't hesitate to repeat examples of negative commands. Why didn't it mention Psuadaka, which is also a negative command? So, it's an, so it shows you that the Mishnah is Tana Vashir. It teaches some things and leaves out others. And the, the leaving out isn't because they, they're an exception to the rule, but rather because the Mishnah is simply not exhaustive in all its examples. So the Tana Vashir example is a good answer. The Gemara says, no, if you want to prove your point that the Mishnah after citing one example of a lav, it doesn't hesitate to cite a second example uh, simply, simply because it, 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 it gives multiple examples of the same thing. That's not true. In what you just said, that which we numbered one and two just, uh, just before this, ha-hu, it's the The example number two of cholol shenosak sheira. That's not there simply as a just a, a, a random additional example, but that had to be taught. Based kid Rav Yehuda Rav, it had to be taught to illustrate Rav Yehuda Rav's principle. The Amar Rav Yehuda Rav lo huzaru kshiros psulim. A woman who is called kshira, she is allowed to marry a cholol. 
and the Mishnah wanted to show an example of a cholol shenosik shera of a woman who's muted to her husband, even though he's a cholol and she's a shera. That's a that's an heter marriage. Now that example had to be taught in order to make this point. What about cholol? What about the case of psuadaka? Well, psuadaka didn't have to be taught. Because it already the Mishnah already taught another example of a lav, namely we saw the case of the kain hediot shenoso almona, and uh, if the uh, the uh, brother was a kain gadol, so she would be also the lav to the brother, the kain gadol. So at this point, we have re- we have uh, revived the question, psuadaka is in fact not stated because it was already included in the Lav example cited. Hence, it is not an example of Tana Vashir. The Gemara says, no, that's, that is not an objection. Because I can still show you how the Mishnah is Tana Vashir. V'hokotani cholol shenosok shera. The Israel Shenosa Bas Yisrael Vieshlo Ach Mamzer. This case of Yisrael Shenosa Bas Yisrael, and there's an Ach Mamzer. There you have an example of a lav, and a negative command. So that uh, even though it already taught a case of involving a negative command, it taught an additional case of a negative command. And the absence of Ptsuadaka is simply because of Tana Vashir. The Tana teaches some examples and left out others. And if that is so, so the Mitzri issue also is of no concern to us, doesn't bother us because of Tana Vashir. Question. Ha nami lo mahadur misnohi. This example. Is 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 not um, is not an example of simply something that is taught again. The Ashmeinin, the Mishnah, by teaching the this additional example of a love, the Mishnah is doing the following. It's Dashmina Lav She'ein Shove Bakol, Vikomashmalon Lav Hashove Bakol. The Mishnah gives us different examples of lavim, namely a lav she'en shava bakol. That's the case of cholol shenosak shera. That's a kohen related topic, and then that's a lav she'en shava bakol. It's a negative command that has relevance only to the realm of kohanim. It's not shava bakol. Only kohanim are bound by that negative command of a halola. And it also teaches me an example of a lav hashabu called the case involving mamzerus. That's a negative command applicable to all. But as far as psuadaka is concerned, it, it wasn't stated in the Mishnah. Why wasn't it stated in the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah already gave us an example of lavim of negative commands. So that you can't say regarding the psuadaka that tona v'shir. The Gemara says that's no objection. That doesn't revive the question. Hakatani Yisrael Shenosa Mamzeres Ve'yesh Lo Ach Yisrael 
that's an additional example of Alav HaShoveh Bakol that is taught in addition to the case of Yisrael Shenosah Basisov Yeshlo Achmamzer. So, we see that the Tano cites extra examples, even though it didn't have any Chidush in stating this additional example of Yisrael Shenosah Mamzeres V'yeshlo Ach Yisrael. So, it, this is, is a case of an extra uh, love that was taught and as a result we see the Mishnah doesn't hesitate to we'll say to overkill to teach extra things as far as Psuadaka is concerned it could have taught that also but it's sheer Tana Vashir and so just like we said that Psuadaka was left out it leaves out the case of the Mitzri Shemi as well Elolav Shma Mino Tono Vashir Shma Mino. So we see from this exhaustive discussion that the Mishnah, in fact, teaches it does it doesn't hesitate to teach extra cases, but it doesn't teach all the examples. So just like it didn't teach the case of Ptsuadaka, uh, it also did not teach the case of the Mitzri Shani. Gufa. And now the Gemara focuses back on the uh, on a point that was mentioned before in passing. And on the side of the Gemara we have as our topic heading Lo Huzuruk Sheros Linosei Lupsulim. The women that are Sheros are not warned against marrying men that are considered uh, disqualified. Now, w- uh, what that refers to, uh, we've already uh, alluded to it. It's not a reference across the boards to all kosher women marrying all men that are disqualified, but it's much more specific to the realm of kaihanim, kaihanois, and halolim, etc. We'll see as we go through the Gemara how the Gemara nails this point. Gufa. Omar of Yehud Omarav. This was mentioned before. Lo huzuru ksheros linose lepsulim. Ksheros uh, are not warned by the Torah, not prohibited by the Torah for marrying psulim. Lema mesele, can we cite our Mishnah as a support to this Amoraic teaching? What did our Mishnah uh, say? Cholol shenosa ksheros. The Mishnah, uh, you may recall, uh, uh, f- featured this in a, under the examples of uh, a woman who's mutter to her husband and uh, eventually also to the Yavam but we want to focus right now on Cholol Shenosek as an example of mutter to her husband my love when it says that the Cholol married a Kshera my love Kohenes Horuya Lo the Kohenes that means the daughter of a Kohen she is fit to a Cholol Umay Kshera, and what does Kshera in the Mishnah mean? Kshera, the Kahuna, a woman who is otherwise kosher to marry into the Kahuna. So this would be a support to what Rav Yudam Arav was saying that women who are Kshera's Kahuna can marry Psulim, people that are disqualified, disqualified from the Kahuna.
loy. That's not what the Mishnah meant. Rather, when it said cholol shenosek shera, it meant Yisraelis, a regular Jewish girl. Umay shera, and why would you use the term shera to describe Yisraelis? Shera lekohol, a woman who is mutter to marry other Jewish men. Let's say to the exclusion of a a mamzer. She's she's uh, um, that she would not be allowed to marry. But she's Kshera, she's allowed to marry Kahal. Ihochi, the Gemara asks, if that is the way you want to learn the Mishnah, it said in the Mishnah, Yesh lo ach kosher. The Mishnah cited uh, in this very example, a cholol shenosa Kshera, and it said he has an ach that's kosher. So now what does the word kosher mean? Uh, nami kosher lakohol. Do you want to say that ach kosher means that he is kosher to the kohol? That the brother, he's kosher to the kohol. Michlal dehu posel lakohol. Do you want to, does that mean then that the cholol is someone that cannot marry into kahal? That's not true. A halal is simply someone who is disqualified from the kuna. But he is, he marries. Jewish women, he's not allowed to marry uh, someone who's posel alcohol. He's not allowed to marry a mamzeres, for example. Elolav kohen. When the Mishnah says that he that this cholol uh, has a brother that's an ach kosher, it doesn't mean kosher lekol. Means kohen kosher. Ach kosher means kosher kohen. When we do kohen, from the fact that kosher with regard to the brother means kohen, he kohenes. When it says that the Chola married a Kshera, it means she's Kshera to the Kahuna. And if that be the case, then we would have a support to what Rav Yudam was saying, that Lohuzeru Kshera's women that are Kshera's uh, to the Kahuna are allowed to marry Chalolim. The Gemara responds, Midi Iria, who says that it's speaking that way? Hal Kedi'isa, the Hal Kedi'isa. The Ach, he is uh, kosher to the kahuna. And she, when it says she, uh, she is kshera lakahal. Now if you, if you say that, then you would not have the support that we were looking for uh, for the original Rav Yudah Amarav's teaching. Mosiv Rovin Bar Nachman the uh, Tanaic source quotes a posuk that we have written on the side. Uh, the posuk reads, This posuk is dealing with Kohanim, and it says that uh, Kohanim are not allowed to marry in a Zoynov or an Onora Chalola. A Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee. Ki In this posuk you see the term Lo Yikochu twice. So Rav Rovin uh, raises the following objection. Lo yikochu, lo yikochu. The double citing of that expression, Malamed. Sho'isha muzheres al yedei ho'ish. Now the, the thinking right now is that we're coming to prohibit. Mazir, muzheres means warn against or prohibit. Ksheros. That they should not marry a cholol. That's the thinking right now. Now, if you 
if you if you uh, learn like that, you're then asking a kasha on uh, Rav Yehuda uh, Omar Rav Omar Rava. Rava explains the Tanaic source in a different way, so that there is no kasha. There's no question on Rav Yehuda Omar Rav from this source. Rava says. What the Torah is telling me is that when he, when the husband is prohibited, so she too is prohibited. He lo mizdara, where he is not prohibited. For example, a cholo marrying a kshera. He is not prohibited, so she is not in violation either. Let's take a look at this in Rashi. Omar Rava, Kol Hecha, Vechulei, Vahai Kro, Lav Lahazir, Kshei The Posik is not coming to serve as a prohibition to uh, women that are Kshei to the Kuna. Elo Lehazir, Psulos, Shaloli Nosei Rather, it's a warning to women that are psulos not to marry kehanim k'sherim k'shekeshem shakein muzer shalolikach zoyna v'chalola kach he muzeres shalolotisoenu. Just like a kohen is prohibited in marrying a chalola, the chalola who's a Jewish woman, she's also prohibited in being married to a kohen. So where he is also to marry her, she is also to marry him. However, where he is not usher in marrying her. Rashi goes on. So she is not uh, prohibited in marrying him. So at this point, Rav Yehuda Omarav is not under attack. The Gemara asks, "The is this concept of where he is uh, warned, where he is prohibited, so she is likewise prohibited? Is that learned from over here from the double expression of Lo Yikochu? From another teaching of Rabbi Yudamarav, not the one above. The Yom Rabbi Yudamarav, Rabbi likewise it was taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel, Ish O Isha Kiasu Mikol Chatoi Saodom. That is a posuk, and we learn from this posuk where both man and woman are cited. The Torah compares a man to a woman with regard to all uh, violations, all punishments in the Torah. That if the man is going to receive an onish, when he is going to be, let's say, in violation of a negative command, the woman is also at the same time in violation of the negative command. So that if a, if a, uh, a Kohen is warned against marrying the Chalola, the Chalola is warned against marrying the Kohen. So that you don't need, like Rava claimed, the double Lo Yikochu for that point. So then what is the double lo yikochu coming to teach? It would be a, apparently then a question on what Rav Yudah Marav wanted to say. The original Rav Yudah Marav that wanted to say lo it seems that they are. The Gemara responds, e mehahi. Had I just had this teaching of isha isha kiyasim adam have amino I would have thought that a Man, a woman is equated with a man only in lav hashava bakol, only in those kind of negative prohibitions in the Torah that are applicable to all. Uh, just like a man is warned against eating 
uh, horse meat, a woman is also warned against eating horse meat. So they're equated with regard to lavim, negative commands that are shava that are that are applicable to all of the Jewish people. But when you're dealing with the negative commands that are Kohen related, they're not applicable to all. Lo, I would, I would, I would have thought that the women are not prohibited. Therefore, I need lo yikachu, so that in fact, in effect, we can we reinstate Rava's answer. And that is a good defense of Rav Yehuda Omarav. The Gemara asks, Vare, we're at the top line of Pehe Omar Aleph, Vare Tum'ah. The laws concerning ritual impurity. Delav She'en Shava Bakol. The laws of ritual impurity apply to Kohanim uh, and not to Yisraelim. When we say the laws, we're referring to some specific areas of these rules, and Rashi uh, cites the source for it, uh, the Pasuk that says, where Kohanim are warned against defiling themselves, and Yisraelim are not warned against defiling themselves. That's a lav she'en shavabakol. Now, in, in that uh, topic of Tumah, women are actually exempt. It's an example of a lav shein shabakol, the time of the Kosov Rahmona b'nei Aaron, v'lo b'nos Aaron. Only because in the Posuk cited, it says, It's an extra expression that b'nei Aaron. So from that we learn, b'nei Aaron, which is in the, in the masculine form, the men folk are warned, not the women folk. Ha lav hachi, if not for that extra expression, b'nei Aaron, I would have thought that women are also prohibited or are duty bound or warned against defilement. And we're talking once again about a case of Alav She'ein Shavabakol. My time, why would have I thought that women are also uh, restricted like the men folk? Lav of Marav. Is it not because of that teaching of Ish O Isha? So that we see from here that Isha Isha, that Pasuk applies not only to Lav HaShavabakol, but even to Lav She'eno Shavabakol. So if that be the case, I don't need the Lo Yikachu teaching like Rava said. Lo no. De Gamrinon Mi Lo Yikachu. It is very it is very specifically because of lo yikachu that I would have thought that the women are uh, duty bound namely that lo yikachu addresses the paralleling of women to the men folk in cases of lav she'eno shove bakol and that's why I need the b'nei aron v'lo aron to exempt them but as far as, so just to repeat that last point, the double lo yikachu, in fact, is like Rova explained, is to cover the cases of lav shein shavabakol, to equate the women to the men. But as far as the original Rav Yudam Arav teaching about uh, Kshiros as being lo muzhoros, uh, uh, that halacha stands and is not 
challenged by the double lo yikochu found in the source. Iko the Amri, another version. Kicha, it's the richale. I need the uh, double lo yikochu. Salka daita chamina. I might have thought to learn from the case of Tuma where we saw that in the women were actually exempt the double lo yikochu comes to teach me that even in, in cases where it's a lav she'eno like in the case of the uh, the, uh, the, the Kohen marrying a halola just like the Kohen is prohibited marrying the halola which is a Kohen uh, related matter it's a lav she'eno the halola is also also in marrying the Kohen if I didn't have that double lo yikochu, I would have learned, I would have allowed the Tuma case to serve as the precedent that when it comes to a lav shena shavabakol, the women would have been exempt. The Gemara continues, Bo minayhu, we skipped a couple words there, Rav Papa Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua, Iklu Lehinsavu, these two rabbis, Rav Papa and Rav Huna, visited a place called Hinsavu, the Asrei Rav Idi Barov. And that was the town in which Rav Idi was the Rav. He was the rabbi, the head of the Jewish community. Bo Minayu. These uh, rabbis, the visitors, Rav Papa and Rav Huna, were at, the, the question was asked of them Huzuru Kshiros Linosilipsum Olo are uh, women that are. Uh, 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 are they prohibited in marrying halolim? This, of course, is the topic that we had been discussing till now, namely Rav uh, Yudah Marav's halacha. So they were asked that uh, that as a question. Omar Luhu Rav Papa. So Rav Papa answers. He tries to answer. Tanisua. Uh, then you'll notice that this is a we're calling this a, a, a you know, long marking, we're calling it Rav Papa to show how far his uh, point goes he cites a Tanaic source, this Tanaic source is a Mishnah that you find in the last parak of Maseches Kiddushin and it deals with the different categories of people that came back to the land of Israel at the time of Ezra after the Babylonian exile and it says, Asora Yuchsin Olu Mibovel. There are ten different categories uh, of genealogy that came to uh, Israel back from the Babylonian exile. The ten are Kehanim Levim Visraelim, Chalolim, Geirim, Vecharum. Charum means Meshuchror, uh, an Eved that was freed. Umam Zerim, Nesinim, Shtuki Vasufi. Shtuki Vasufi are are different examples of people whose, uh, whose uh, parenthood is not known. A shtuki is a person who knows who his mother is but doesn't know who his father is. And a sufi is a, literally someone gathered in from the market, you know, the classic uh, baby left in a basket story where he doesn't know who his parents are. So there are ten different categories. Kehanim Levim Yisraelim, Mutoran Lovo Zeboze. Men and women folk of, the, of these categories of Kehanim Levim Yisraelim, they can marry one another. Levim, Yisraelim, Chalolim, Geirim, Harurim, Mutorim, Lovo, Zeboze. Likewise, men and women folk of these categories can marry one another. Geiri, Haruri, Umamzeri, Nesini, Shtuki, Vasufi, Mutorim, Lovo, Zeboze. And likewise, these categories of people can marry one another. So this source contains all of the, those categories of people that are allowed to marry one another. 
what you don't find in this, ve'ilu kehanos lecholol lo katoni. It doesn't say in this source. The source mentions kehanim in it, but it doesn't mention, uh, and it mentions kehanim, men, women, folk being allowed to marry Leviim and Yisraelim. That's kehanu Leviim Yisraelim can marry one another, but it doesn't say kehanim can marry chalolim or kehanos. The women folk of kehanim can marry a cholol. So it seems from here, according to Rav Papa, that they would be prohibited. That a, a cholol cannot marry a kshera. Rav Huna says that the absence of that teaching in this source does not prove prohibition. Because what this source wanted to teach was as follows. Wherever you have a two-way street, where the, the men, the male example can marry the female example, and the female example can marry the male example, that's what was taught. But when you come to the realm of Kahuna, since with regard to the Kohen Cholol situation, the man version, the man Kohen, cannot marry a Chalola. So that's why it didn't teach the case of Chalola who is allowed, who would be allowed to marry a Kohen. So since, in, so since it doesn't conform to the uh, the series that the, the source provided, it wasn't taught. But what comes out, as far as Rav Hunabriv Yeshua is concerned, this source, as far as this source is concerned, Kshiros are not prohibited in marrying Chavolim. Osu Lekame de Rav Idi Baroven. So the, the, uh, they came in front of Rav Idi, Omar Lahu and Rav Idi, apparently was an elder type rabbinic figure. He says, Dardiki. Dardiki is an expression meaning youngsters. Maybe was saying to them, young men. Hachi Omar Rav In fact, I have a tradition from Rav Yudamarav, Lo Huzuruk Sheros In fact, the what the what Rav Huna Brevish was trying to reason, he has as a as a solid tradition.